What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. talk. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett, episode 72. We're about to get into some good talk here today about John 18. We're going to be talking about Jesus as he gets brought before Pilate. And we'll see what else God brings to the show. I want to go ahead and before I get too far, go ahead and introduce to those of you who have never tuned before and welcome back to those of you who had our other co-host, Brett. What's up tonight, Brett? Wow, you make it sound like I've been away on vacation or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, it is good to be back in here. We're actually going to be digging back into the book of John tonight, so that is exciting. We thank you guys for tuning in and checking us out. We hope that you have been listening to the past shows that we have been talking about the revival that just took place. We're still excited about that revival. We're still seeing the, uh, what do you want to call it? I guess some of the fulfillment of some of the words that were that were given out at that revival. We're starting to see fulfillment in that. And it's just been an exciting time. We hope you guys enjoyed that. But yeah, we're going to dig into the book of John tonight. And we're going to hopefully finish uh, chapter 18, right? I hope so. That's the plan. That's the plan as of right now. For those of you listening right now, make sure you hit us up, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. That's our email. If you'd like to send us questions or thoughts you have about the Bible, maybe some stuff you'd like us to talk about here on the air, we would love to do that with you. Also, you can hit us up at the voice message link located at the bottom of the details of each and every episode. Make sure you're doing that. You can give your voice live on the air, possibly, should you choose to do so. The other routes you can do, we just put up episode 70 this past week on Rumble and YouTube. So for those of you out there checking out on the video platforms, you can check that out on Rumble. Make sure you're subscribed so you get the latest videos. And we are looking to do more and more of the Rumble exclusive stuff here in the near future. So we did one for the Revival Week and I think it worked out well. It was fun. We had fun with the speakers and people that were there each night. So I hope you got to catch those videos. If not, you can check those out, rumble.com. Just search Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett, and we should pop up. So, And YouTube as well if you want to check us out on YouTube. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. That's where the shows always are. Of course, you know you can catch the shows at other places as well. But we put make sure to always put it up on Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett on Facebook. And make sure you check out Zap It. That's, we've been pushing Zap It for... For a while now hopefully maybe some of their numbers have went up we've been pushing them on our show for a while because it is more of a we call it like a christian facebook because it looks almost identical to facebook but it's more christ-centered there's more christians on there and uh, usually if there's any type of trolls or anything like that out there they usually stop it relatively quick you know and uh, try to get them off of there you know so they're not on there putting a bunch of garbage up or whatever so they try to keep it as clean as possible so head over there and set up an account and look for let's talk with trenton and brett that is spelled x-a-p-i-t zap it not with the z some people ask why i couldn't find it is it z-a-p-i-t nope it's x like xylophone (laughs) x zap it dot com Okay, so John chapter 18, and we're going to be starting in verse 28, and the the heading is Jesus before Pilate, and it says, 
Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Okay, so the first thing, we're right back to these religious leaders again with the knuckleheads, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what kind of strikes me in a weird way is they're worried about being defiled whenever they're getting ready to turn over what they know is an innocent man to be killed. So they're okay with killing somebody as long as they don't have to do it and as long as they don't have to be defiled in, in any sort of way. Mm. That just kind of strike, strikes, strikes me weird because that's, that's exactly what you would see in, you know, religious people. You know, I'll, I'll go this far, but I won't, you know, I'll have this guy killed, but I'm not going to go to the place where he's going to be killed. You know, it's mm. like, and that, that's exactly what you're seeing here with these religious leaders. It's like they, they want to do this evil but they don't want to defile themselves. And it's like they're so high and mighty that they can't possibly be wrong about this. They know for 100% that Jesus isn't the Messiah, right? So they're willing to turn him over to the very people that are in control over him that they hate. They hate the Romans, Mm. but they're willing to turn Jesus over to them, but they're not willing to go into a place that they could be defiled. It just, it's like a, what's the word I'm looking for, Trenton? Uh, Hypocrisy, I guess maybe that maybe that's kind of the word I'm looking for, and that's what it seems like to me. It seems like they're a bunch of hypocrites because they're they're willing to go this far, but they're not willing to go this far. They won't go into the place to talk to Pilate, but they'll hand over they'll hand over one of their own to be killed by him. And didn't Jesus give us a higher standard at some point about if you think a thought, it's already a sin. Pretty much, you've committed a sin. He was talking about adultery and stuff there, but I'm thinking. If you're willing to go this far in your heart to kill a man who you aren't for sure is guilty, you're just tired of him him. stealing your thunder, basically. (laughs) He's not done anything wrong. You've heard him teach openly in the temple, just like Jesus told him when they were trying to try him. He said, I've preached openly. Ask the people I talk to. If I've said something wrong, you know, remember that guy struck him and he's like, if I said something wrong... Then, you know, what was it? Tell me what I said wrong. But if not, why'd you slap me? It's kind of where Jesus, or strike me. He may have even punched him. We don't know. He was just a strike, as I think is the way the word put it there. So Jesus is just enough, just godly enough, I guess you could say, that they're convicted in their own mess enough that they're willing to put a man to death, but they don't want to be the ones that say he should be put to death. But at the same time, they want him put to death. So by thinking you want him put to death, you've already put yourself in the position that you're murdering a man that you don't even know is legitimately doing anything wrong, and he, he's not said anything to you. And I like it because when Pilate asked him, <clears throat> he asked him kind of like we're asking, what are you bringing? What accusation do you bring against him? The only thing they have to say is, well, if he weren't doing evil, we wouldn't have, brought him. We wouldn't have <laughs> delivered him over to you. But they didn't say what the evil was. So it's like, what do you expect me to do with that? I'm sure is what Pilate was thinking at that Look point. Look at the part two where it says, the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. 
Well, that didn't stop you the night before whenever you were breaking all these laws that you guys have whenever you were arresting Jesus when you shouldn't have been arresting him and doing the things to him that you shouldn't have been doing. You wasn't real concerned with your laws then. Now, all of a sudden, whenever the ones that you hate, which is Rome, has the power to put to death somebody that you that you you don't like because he's like Trent said, he's stealing your thunder. All of a sudden, Pilate's your best friend now. Mm. And all, all of a sudden, oh, well, we can't break our laws, even though we broke about 100 of them last night trying to arrest <laughs> arrest this guy. So there's more of that hypocrisy. And it's it's that religious spirit. It's the religious leaders and the religious spirit. If I'm Pilate here, now remember, guys, we probably don't have the whole conversation. We have what John recorded here, the important stuff. But think about it. Pilate says, take him yourselves, judge him by your own law. The Jews say, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And I'm sure Pilate's like, who said anything about death? I I haven't even accused this guy of anything yet. You're telling me you want him put to death. Well, you do it then. Don't send him to me. So he's already showing the type of death. He was going to be an innocent man, put in a rich man's grave. He was going to have to die for not his sin. Remember that when you're a believer out there. Jesus died for the sins of all mankind. He was the only innocent, sinless man to ever walk this earth and die. And that's the only reason he was able to make this sacrifice. So it's like, I'm just wondering if there wasn't a part here where Pilate said, who said anything about death? I didn't say I was going to kill him. You, you're wanting me to kill him? Is that what you're saying? So you're, you're beginning to see this religious spirit when you speak. It's going to show what's inside of you. Yes, from the heart the mouth speaks. It's going to sh- it's showing what is truly inside of these Pharisees and these religious leaders' hearts right now. Well, we don't care what he's done. We don't have a particular accusation. We just want him to die. That's all I can say. Because I mean, so really think about what in the world could Jesus be thinking? You know, he's probably tearing up, baby, at this point. I mean, passion when the tear hits when he's on trial. That scene always sticks out to me because the tear runs down his face for them, not for something he's done. His heart is breaking because man is rejecting the salvation that he is trying to offer them. And, you know, too, like you said, Jesus was he was preparing to die for us. You got to think of what he's going through. And he's he's up there and these religious leaders, they should... If they knew the scriptures, they would know the spiritual aspects of what was getting ready to take place. You see, Pilate's looking at this from one way. He's looking at it from an earthly, fleshly way. What's this guy done? Why did you bring him before me? You know, he's like, you go. this is your guys' stuff. You go handle it. And Jesus has been around these people. He's been around all these religious leaders. They've heard him teach. They've heard him talk. And you know that everything that Jesus says, it's spiritual. He's pointing to the spiritual. And he's outsmarted these Pharisees at every turn, and they don't know what to do with him. So their answer is, well, let's take him before Pilate. And that, that, see, that's another thing that doesn't make sense. They're up there, and they're saying, well, it's not lawful for us to put him to death. And Pilate just Pilate just told him right before that to go take him and judge him by your law. So they they know that if they know the scriptures, which apparently they don't know the scriptures, they know that there was going to be a Messiah and this Messiah was going to have to die. So they're just fulfilling the prophecies. But I think what the problem is, Trenton, is that they don't understand the scriptures as the scriptures were supposed to be understood. They only understood what they wanted to take from it and whatever gave them more power and whatever allowed them to, like you said earlier, uh, to, to keep their thunder, to keep their strength, to keep you know the people at bay, to keep the people 
where they wanted them to make them look like, hey, we're the religious leaders. We're the ones that control you and don't step out of line. And I think that that had part. I think that probably had part of this is they were making an example out of Jesus, too. They wanted him gone because, yeah, he was stealing their thunder. But also the people had begun to to turn towards Jesus. A lot of people had begun to turn towards Jesus. And now, sadly, after Christ dies, I think a lot of those people probably just went went about their own ways and said, oh, well, this thing's over. They should have hung out for three more days and seen the end. The end of the the end of the story, but <laughs> then they were just worried about the fact they couldn't find him. So <laughs> now, what are we gonna do? And I, you gotta think, you gotta have a sense. Remember, we just talk on this show. You gotta have a sense that some of the Pharisees, at least at this point, knew what was going on. You've got to have a sense. You would think they they went ahead and went against, let's say, their gut instinct <laughs> on what they knew was wrong. Just to follow, the, and I see Pilate is just aggravated by these religious knuckleheads. He's a religious leader. He just wants them to leave him alone. So he takes them into trial. We're going to get to that in a second. But I want you to notice, I'm coming out of Isaiah 53 for a second. Tell me how much of this you've already seen in just what we've read in John. It says, he who, or this is verse 1, who has believed what he has heard from us? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. It's talking about the Messiah. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And you just continue to read here about him being rejected by his own people. These type of things are happening. I don't want to read the whole chapter. I guess it's only 12 verses. I guess we could read the whole chapter. But just stopping right there. How much of that have we just seen in just the Mm -hmm. last, this chapter? Let's not even look at the last chapter. This chapter, Brett, how much? And, you know, there was a a test done. I don't know if you saw a test or a study where people didn't tell them where this, they would go around and ask these people on the street. They would read this passage in Isaiah 53, and they wouldn't tell them it was from Isaiah. They would just read it to them, and they say, who do you think that sounds like? And the people, even not even believers, would be like, oh, well, it's Jesus, obviously. And they're like, okay, well, would you believe that this passage was written 400 years before Jesus came? And then people were in awe. Oops. Oh, okay. It sounds just like him. What do you think, Brett? We're well, Isaiah. there was a similar study done but uh, this was over in israel there's a christian group in israel that went around doing this because in israel this is known as a forbidden chapter and some circles they're not allowed to read isaiah 53 according to uh, what i've heard and some of the stuff that i've looked into there's some that say oh well this chapter is talking about israel but the forbidden chapter is what it was called and he would go around to these jews there some religious, some not religious. And there was some religious ones that had never even read Isaiah 53, which was really crazy. But anyway, he read it to them, and they, 
a lot of eyes were opened. They're like, well, that sounds like what the Christians, <laughs> what the Christians believe. And they're like, well, would you believe that this is found in our scriptures and I in the book of Isaiah? And they just like they were stunned. They couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. You know, he basically he was going around giving them something to think about. And it's so neat because, and guys, this is one of the things that got me into into the Bible. And I had heard 700 years, but 400 to 700 years, whatever it was, whenever the book of Isaiah was written. That's called prophecy, guys. And whenever you read something like this, and then you go to the, the New Testament, and you're like, wait a minute, that's that's word for word almost, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Because one of their arguments is, well, you never would have thought of Jesus if you didn't know who Jesus was. You're just applying this to the old, trying trying to find it. But the problem is, is that people that know absolutely nothing about the Bible at all were saying, well, that sounds like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Isn't that amazing? It's like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Look at that. Because it, it's all, excuse me, <clears throat> it's all right there. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to keep reading. Check it out. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, <coughs> yet he opened not his mouth. Remember the accusations earlier in chapter 18 when they were accusing him of all this stuff and he didn't even open his mouth? He remained silent. He might have put out the uh, I am <laughs> earlier on. But uh, he, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off or out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had, no, he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, And he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring and he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death. He was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Wow. If that ain't Jesus, man, I don't know who. But see, because here, here's my problem. You, you'll have some say, well, that's uh, some of the re- religious uh, Jewish people. And I don't mean any offense to anybody out there. I'm just telling you what I have studied and what I've heard actual rabbis and things say is that, oh, this is talking about Israel. Well, see, here, here's the problem. is Sometimes when it talks about Israel, they say that it refers to Israel as a her. And many people say, well, yeah, you know, Israel is always referred to as a her. Well, in this chapter, it's referred to as a he. So make up your mind. Is it <laughs> well, a he or is it a her? So which is it? So what we're seeing in Isaiah, if you want this pastor's opinion, is we are seeing a glimpse you know, back then they would have been looking into the future so many hundreds of years and seeing that this is what the Messiah, the one that's going to save Israel, this is what he is going to have to go through. And it laid it all out. Then you go to the New Testament and guess what? Every single one of those things happened, guys. Every single one of them. Mm. And it's not like they went back to Isaiah 53 and copied because you have to understand that 
his apostles and the ones that would have been, you know, the disciples and Paul and all of them that would have been writing this stuff, Paul was probably the only one that was actually educated when he come into it. Mm. So because the rest of them were fishermen and they probably knew scriptures, but I, I would highly doubt that they knew all of the scripture. They were probably taught more Torah than anything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. So wait, I just wanted to go ahead and read that because this is the part of the story we're getting into. This is the part of the gospel that we're getting into. The Jesus is betrayed. He's killed. He's declared evil, even though he's not. He's an innocent man that is being just like a sheep. Like it said here in the scripture we read a minute ago, being led to the slaughter. Like a sheep before its shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. He went ahead and took the punishment because it was God's will. We heard him say that in the garden. God, if there's any way this cup can pass for me, yet not my will, but your will be done. So I think there's a lesson to be learned there in Isaiah. I just wanted to go ahead and read that real quick as we get ready to wrap up 18 in a no, second. I've heard Muslims uh, that debate and stuff. They say, look, Jesus was trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, um, wouldn't you? <laughs> in, a, in a sense. But on the, on the other side, I'm like, I don't think he's trying to get out of it. I think he's just saying, I, I think he was scared. Part of it, I think Jesus was scared. Mm-hmm. And that's an aspect that people say, well, he's the son of God. He can't be scared. Be like, he's going to die for people that he's never met. Mm. Thousands of years into the future, he's going to die for people that he doesn't, he's never earthly, personally met. And he's putting all that weight on his shoulders. And he wants to make sure that what he's getting ready to do is what God wants done. That's why he says, Lord, if there's any other way, he wants to make sure that if, Lord, if this is what has to be done, then this is what I will do. But you better believe he was probably scared. That's why one of the Gospels talks about him sweating drops of blood. Mm. His nervous system was going haywire. You know, there's actually a medical term for that. I don't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but it actually can happen when a person reaches a, a highest state of anxiety and nervousness and stress mm-hmm. stress where your your body is just basically all out of whack. You start, blood actually opens up from your veins and comes out of your pores of your skin. And you started sweating blood. I mean, yeah. How many of us is willing to sit here and say, oh, I don't, I'd have done it. I wouldn't even ask questions. Mm. Like, he was fully human and fully God. Yeah, that's what I and was going to say. Go he ahead. was entering into a part of this where he was, you know, because he gets it when he's on the cross and says, God, why have you forsaken me? So there's a part of that where he feels like God has left him. Like, why have you forsaken me? Mm. You know, because he feels something. Something has taken place there where now he is human. And he's dying, and he's he's feeling all of this pain, things he's never, a pain that he's probably never felt before. And he's got, uh, you know, crown of thorns on his head. He's been beaten to look like, well, they say hamburger meat. He was just beaten so badly. Yeah, I think I would probably be scared if I knew what was coming, Trent. I would probably be terrified. Mm. And I think I'd probably look for a, a different, a better way. <laughs> Is there a better way to do this? And those of you religious people judging that, you, you aren't thinking about the fact that he is 100% man, but he's also 100% God. Well, I said that backwards, but it's the same thing. He's 100% God, yes, but he's also 100% man. So he feels the emotions. He feels the stress. He feels the pain. Every cat of nine tails is whipping his back. It's not like he supernaturally was protected. He had to take the full punishment so that we could live and here they are bringing him before a man Pilate, and they're bringing him before a man to condemn him to death 
yet they can't even themselves find anything wrong. All they can say is, well, if he hadn't done evil, we wouldn't have brought him here. So Pilate's trying to figure this out. So he calls him into his quarters. Let's continue there in verse 33 of John 18. It says, so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you say this on your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, here's a cool part. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. He's probably thinking, I could have called legions of angels right now. And y'all be wiped out. But I didn't because I'm doing this for you. Continuing there. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Then Pilate asked a big question I've used in several messages. Pilate said to him, well, what is truth? Because we live in a world that they think there's all kinds of versions of the truth. Well, here's the deal. Truth is truth. There's no change in it. It is absolute fact. There's no way, if and buts or about it. If it's an actual truth, then there is nothing that can come against truth. Gravity is a truth. We are stuck to planet Earth. If we weren't, we'd all be floating around everywhere. Gravity is a truth. You can't change gravity. Just because you want to wake up one morning and say, I don't believe in gravity anymore, go try jumping off your roof, see what happens. I guarantee you, you're going to fall to the ground because gravity still exists. That's the way truth works. Regardless of your own emotional feelings and your own opinion, truth is truth. And that is what Jesus is telling him here. So he's like, well, what is truth? And after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So so they would rather have a thief than have the son of God. <laughs> just every time I read that, man, I look at that and I just... I, I just, I can't fathom how, you know, you try to play it over in your head. You try to play the scene out in your head, what it would have looked like and how they're trying to, trying to get rid of Jesus. And here he's standing before Pilate and Pilate's asking him all these questions. Pilate doesn't even realize that Jesus is about to go to the cross for him. You know, that that's mind boggling because the one that sends him to the cross, Jesus died for him too, mm. if he would accept him. And can't you, I can just imagine Jesus sitting there going, man, I'm getting ready to die for this guy. Mm. And, <laughs> and he's talking to me this way, and he doesn't realize it. But you see, that's, such the, cool, that's the cool thing about um, the way Jesus talks and the way Jesus answered is it was always in a way to make you think. And it was always in love. It was always in caring. You know, he never smarted off to you. And, you know, he never smarted off to people in the scriptures. It was always in a way that would make to get them to think about who he was and to get them to think like the Pharisees about what they were doing, to get them to go examine the scriptures and to see that he was who he was. He never came at them and just blatantly just told them you're going to hell or whatever, you know. 
he he always approached them in a way that would get them to to think about who he was and it's no, it's no different here you know as as you're reading this he's telling you you know my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would have been here fighting in other words he's saying look around pilot i'm standing right here before you you can do anything that you want to me my my disciples are not in here they're not in here trying to save me because they understand I think at this point they were probably beginning to understand what was about to take place because Jesus had told them, look, I'm getting ready to go and die. Mm-hmm. You know, he told them in the supper the night before. So we're assuming that we're around a day from where that happened, close to a day from where that happened. So they're probably thinking, well, this is really going to take place. So I don't know. We see the spirit today in this world. I mean, think about it. Jesus said, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you know how many people argue against that truth? They don't like that truth. So what do they do? They come up with their own opinions. It's just like the Jews here. No, no, don't give us Jesus. Don't give us the truth. We'd rather have all this other stuff. Give us this or give us so-and-so. Or let's look at all these other religions. And let's look at all these other things going on. Just don't give us Jesus, whatever you do. I see that attitude in this world so much. It's the same spirit that was controlling these people that controls the people that are in this world that we live in now. But it was because of that spirit. God used that spirit so the Son of Man could die so that we could live. Isn't that amazing? So just when the devil thought he was winning, (laughs) God used it to save the entire world. So, I mean, that's because God's cool like that. Isn't it just like people, though, to want what they know is going to hurt them? I mean, look, like you said, look at the world today. It's like they, they want something, so they go out and they pursue it. And then when they finally get it, it destroys their life. Mm. And not to get too off base here, but I think we're seeing that in our government as well with people that we have uh, – that people have put into certain offices and things like that. We're beginning to see more and more Christians open their eyes to – and I really think, Trenton, I think it's God opening people's eyes to seeing that, well, God's against abortion. And God's against, you know, homosexual marriage. And God's against all these things. And, you know, if we're supposed to base our lives off of Jesus and we're supposed to do the things that Jesus taught, then we need to be following after these things. Mm. And we don't need to be pursuing things. So what did the Jews do here right there? They said, give us Barabbas. Well, they knew that Jesus was an innocent man. Mm. They knew what they needed. They knew what was right. They just didn't like it because it upset it upset their world. Well, the same goes with Christians today. Mm. They may not like something, but they don't have any good reason for not liking it. So they go for the other thing that they know isn't good, but they say, well, at least it's better than this thing that I don't like, mm-hmm. when they don't have any reason to not like it. That's when you're getting caught up in emotion. And these people are getting caught up in emotion. Don't give us Jesus. Don't give us, and you know, the question, what is truth? Well, Jesus said, I want to reread 37, like halfway through that verse. It says, for this purpose, Jesus talking, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asks the question the rest of the world asks that we're in right now. Well, what's truth? 
No, we don't want to accept Jesus' truth. We want to believe that there's several truths. There's no one truth. Well, that's what we just talked about earlier. There can only be one truth. There has to be an ultimate truth. The rest is lies. The rest is garbage. The rest is opinions. Mm -hmm. It's not based on fact. We use gravity earlier. You can use anything like grass, let's say in the summertime because it's green then. So some of you black, it's brown in the winter, right? Well, if in the summertime, grass is green. So you walk out and you say, hey, well, the grass is green. But somebody, just because somebody walks out on their porch and refuses to believe the grass is green doesn't change the fact that the grass is green. They, 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 they walk out there, no, my grass is purple. It's rainbow colored. It's not green. That's your truth. <laughs> That's your truth. But <laughs> and then you're looking at that person like, but, but I'm looking at it. The grass is green, right? It's the same thing. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. That's what he told us. Everyone who's of truth listens to my voice. He said earlier on, we talked in John, I am the way. I am the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the life. We're telling you that on this show. Too many people want to reject that because they want their version of the truth. What's the scripture that says they rejected the truth for a lie? And, I mean, that's one of those things that go, I mean, we we see that all throughout history. Mm. And it's, that's, we see it, we see it today. I mean, look, we're not going to get into current events. I'm sorry, but. (laughs) No, we got to close here in a second. Just, (laughs) just go and look. I'm sure if you're, if you're a believer with, that's got your eyes open, you're not woke, you're awake, because there is a difference, that you can see what we're talking about. People are believing lies over truth just because the truth upsets the way that they want to believe. Mm. And like Trenton said, truth is truth is truth. There's no <laughs> there's no getting around it. It's truth. Whether you, you like either, it or not, it's still truth. <laughs> just because you don't believe it doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm. And that goes for everything. And if Jesus says he is the truth and he's proven that he is the truth, then you have no reason to not trust that he is the truth. Mm. That he is the only way and that he is the life. And I'm telling you right now, and here I guess here's a good place to, to start to end this thing, is that's right now with everything that we're seeing, that's where all of you guys need to be putting your faith and your hope is in Jesus. Put your trust in him because he is the truth. And he's going to solve all of this stuff that we see taking place in our world today. It's going to be solved. It's going to be taken care of because there is a plan set in motion from, from God. And... However it ends, if, if we are in the last days and we're seeing the last days set up, hey, we're getting ready to win. Mm. And if it's not the last days and God is getting ready to flip some things like the prophets have been talking about, then, hey, we win. Mm. So what are you guys worried about? <laughs> it's a win-win, guys. <laughs> so what are you worried about? So just get up and get out there. Put, put your faith and your trust in God and get out there and start serving him and stop just – Stop worrying and stop believing all the lies that, that you're being fed every single day and look to the one that is the truth. <laughs> we win. That's just the truth for believers. Now, if you ain't a believer, I'm sorry, you lose. Whether you want to or not, you're going to lose. So you need to get on board with what God is already up to. Jesus is the truth. We have proof that he's the truth. All the evidence is on our favor. But we don't have time to talk about that in this show. We can back up that truth with history, with everything else. But, you know, people, just because the world tells you don't believe it doesn't mean it's still not true. And we just said it. But anyway, I want to go ahead and let you all know you can hit us up, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. 
If you got questions, thoughts you'd like to send our way, or if you want to hit us up at the voice message link located at the bottom of the description of each and every episode, you click on that link, you can leave a voice message for us, and we will get that on our Anchor platform, and should you choose to do so, we will put it on the air for you, and we will talk about it. Make sure you're subscribing on Rumble, YouTube, the different platforms. Make sure you're subscribing to the one you're tuning in on right now, whatever podcast platform you're checking this out on. God bless you guys. I'm going to go ahead and say it's been an awesome show, and we will see you next week. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. We'll just go ahead and close with prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word, to share your word, Father. And we just pray, Lord, for those listening, let it penetrate their hearts and their minds, Lord. And we pray, God, for truth to set all people free. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning. God bless, and we'll see you next time.